The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christine Uptrich Show. You might be listening live, and if so, you might be listening here in the Seattle area on 1150 AM KKNW here at Hubbard Radio, uh, or you might be listening on TransformationTalkRadio.com. If you're listening after the fact, you might be listening on ChristineUptrich.com or one of the dozens of podcasts that ends up. Uh, But wherever and whenever, we're so grateful you've joined us here today. And I want to say hello to the man behind the technology who allows you to hear these shows, Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Howdy. I've pulled the string as tight as I can for today. Each (laughs) cup has been cleaned and washed out. We're going to do this. I can feel it. Oh, yes. I remember Remember that that? game. I love that game. Now you understand where I'm getting from. (laughs) The, the, The other game that I found even more interesting was the game of telephone where you had a line of people, mm-hmm. and one person whispered say, into somebody else's ear a phrase, and then they, it would get passed down and passed down and mm-hmm, passed down. And, mm-hmm. and by the end, the person at the end would say, this is what I heard. It would be so Completely far off. off, right? Yes, yes. It's amazing. Which it, you know, it has to do with our hearing, but I think it also has to do with our perception. Mm-hmm. And I find it very fascinating that you know, you, there's scientific evidence of this. You can have... Multiple people witnessing the exact same crime and have very different reports of what they observe. Exactly. So it makes you think, well, you know, our perception can be off. Or perhaps what we're seeing in the world is a reflection of mm. our, our inner world. Yeah, a classic example even on social networking, stuff like that. You know, if you have a message from someone and you repost it and post it, it may be slightly skewed or off. And it's like, well, that's weird. I don't expect that from that person. But it's... Maybe just a little like gray in some areas. Yeah, 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 I know it's a whole different world we're living in now. Right, and I, oh yes, speaking of social media, mm-hmm. um, there was this woman that I followed um, because she was a former attorney, and she was she was talking about what was going on. You know, this couple of years ago started after the Russia Gate kind of situation sort of opened up, and I was curious, and and I really was fascinated by her perspe- perspective on it, and I followed her closely, and I didn't always agree with her perspective, but. Um, you know, I, I was a big fan. I went and saw her speak here in Seattle when she came. Um, and then there was one day where she was saying, just everybody get your kids immunized. There's no connection between autism and vaccines. And it's like, well, you know, we've had some experts on the field in the field here on the show. Um, I've read books about it. I'm a former research statistician. And, and it's like, well, really? No. And I went through and I, I said, I'm not anti-vax completely, but, you know, here's what I know and sent her a link to one of the shows. And within 30 minutes, I was blocked. Oh. And I I thought, you know, at first I was kind of hurt and offended. And then I'm realizing sometimes we get stuck in our perception. And I think that it relates to something that I've been thinking a lot about, and that is tribalism. You know, we, Hmm. yeah. You know, I've, 
I've thought a lot about tribalism, and it's because in my head, I'm not thinking what you're thinking. <laughs> I think this is the game. It's like <laughs> like some fire and brimstone. <laughs> well, we've we've evolved mm-hmm. from tribes. It's in our DNA to be tribal because if we aren't tribal to a certain extent, it threatens our survival. Yep. So it's in our DNA. And um, the first time I really started th- thinking about tribalism, I was thinking about uh, what happened to me as a kid when I was processing um, how to talk about how my perception of my family shifted after I was molested. And, you know, if you go to yeah. my TEDx talk, which is on my website, it's also on TED.com, um, it's about feeling like an outsider and embracing the hidden benefits. But it was funny because I felt like this this member of the tribe until something happened and suddenly I started viewing the tribe differently and I took a step back and even though I was still functionally a part of the tribe there was a part of me this observer part that was detached and looking at the tribal beliefs the tribal behavior and saying huh is this in alignment with me is this my truth and so it was one of those times where ultimately, even though, you know, I, I, I love my family and I, I'm connected with my family and I, you know, I've never sort of, you know, rejected my family, I took a slightly different path in some ways and a very different path in other ways. And my belief system was very, very different. So it, it's, it's made me think that um, being outside of the tribe can be really painful. Sure. Right. And it's because we want to be accepted. There's the psychological aspect of it, but there's also the DNA, the, the survival right. piece of it. Uh, so it's it's the kind of thing where um, tribalism can serve us when we are connected with others, but it can also be really dysfunctional. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about tribalism. I know some of you are waiting for our guests. We're waiting for our guests, too. And we... Um, We've had a little glitch, right? Uh, we actually have, I think, the wrong number. So let's take a quick break, and I'll try this new number that we okay. were sent. Well, so. let, me, let me say one more thing oh, about okay, tribalism, because sure. yeah. sure, I want to sure, finish sure, sure. this thought. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting, because I think that there are people out there right now, in, particularly in the United States, with the political stuff that's going on, there are, there are people with very strong opinions, and I'm one of them, and there's this, this tribalism going on, and... I know that there there was somebody on um, I think he's, he's the owner of Vox.com who was saying today that you know there are many people who say okay we're going to be progressive we're going to just make changes and we're going to ignore all the others who have different perspectives and he's saying that's not very functional and I, and I realize that tribalism when we find people we connect with when we find people who share our our beliefs at least some of our beliefs. We can come together and be supportive of each other, and we can create positive change that way. But tribalism can go too far because if it becomes us versus them on a regular basis, then it's not embracive. It creates the, I mean, not, not inclusive. It, it creates this ab- abrasion, this, this fighting, this battle. And so instead of moving forward collectively, we're like, sort of moving forward in, 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 in spurts and we're busy pushing against something as opposed to working towards something. So the tribalism can get in the way. So 
Do we need to take a quick break to... Nope, we got her. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I got to get my information I pulled out even about tighter on those strings. On because, the and, and, you know, I, I really do believe in the perfection of the universe. Um, and the fact is I've been thinking a lot about tribalism. I just wanted to talk about it. So thank you here. And I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. Okay. And um, I will connect with our guest. And um, you will get to hear about why it's not you. It's me. In just a few moments. The vibration of change. That magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease. From stagnation to forward movement. From old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life. From your relationships to your health and well-being. From your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing, or just doing my job? when really you knocked it out of the park. How did you get like this? Next time someone tells you great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self and how far you can go by being more you. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. 
Welcome back to the Christine Eptor Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, I'm really excited about our guest today, who we now have on the line. I'm so grateful. Um, and uh, it, this woman, I don't think we have a whole lot of guests on who we can say this about. She's a wonderful author, but she can also really dance. <laughs> she is Camilla, I'm probably a sacred dollar up. And uh, <laughs> show's over. Everyone go home. <laughs> she's a life coach, a hypnotherapist. Um, she's dancing with the stars head judge in New Zealand. And she she's a mindfulness based stress reduction instructor, meditation teacher. And it's interesting because um, she was part of the inaugural stellar cast of Strictly Come Dancing, which is the UK's version of Dancing with the Stars. And she danced there for six years, winning the Mirrorball Trophy in 2008. So I tell you, she can really dance. Um, she, For the past couple of years, she's been the head judge on Dancing with the Stars, as I said before. She's got several books out, too. And um, her latest one is one that I'll tell you about in just a moment. It's a wonderful book. Um, her first bestseller, Strictly Inspirational, uh, was published in 2015, and she published Reinvent Me in 2017. Her latest book is It's Not You, It's Me, How to Heal Your Relationship with Yourself and Others. And I'd like to welcome our guest today, at last, Camilla Sacred Dollar. Thank you so much, Christine. Thanks <laughs> for talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because um, I think I mentioned this on the break. I have to tell you, um, Camilla, um, I... I've been on my path for decades, my conscious psycho-spiritual journey, you know, whatever, however you want to define it. I've read thousands of books, and I've been on the host side of the mic for the last oh, almost, you know, eight years, seven and a half years. So I read a book a week at least, yeah. and lots of them in the consciousness field. And I take a look at lots more books where we basically say, no, it's not a really good fit or same old, same old. And I have to tell you, when it comes to things about consciousness, self-care, mindfulness, meditation, um, there's a lot of the same thing out there. And yeah. there are many people who can find their niche of how they talk about it, who they're speaking to, and that's wonderful. But there's something about your book where it's not only very clear, it's, um, it's understandable, it's applicable. I love your exercises that you, you've included in the book. Um, that aren't just about meditation, not just about visualization and affirmations too, but, you know, getting out a piece of paper and drawing certain things and writing certain things down. Um, and I'm just very impressed. So I, 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 I want to give you that compliment that straight on. That means a lot on. to me. Yeah. Thank you. And it was really important to me that it was practical. So it means the world that you say that. Um, yeah. I think just basically because when I went through a tough time myself, uh -huh. I, I was so desperate to find tools. You know, this is way before I, I was, you know, teaching this way, you know, teaching it as a job. But when I was needing tools, I was, like, I was just craving what can help me to feel better, to, to help me understand, to raise my awareness. And so that was just so important to me that there were practical tools that people can come back to again and again. Right. And in there. I'm a firm believer that simple is good. Yeah. And it's, it's not simplistic. It's rather simple, applicable. Um, I've got the same philosophy when I work as a healer. It's, it's this, um, 
not trying to use our what I think is, is really kind of like our our human ego mental abilities mm-hmm. to create all sorts of, of twists and turns mm-hmm. to make it more complex so it seems more substantial, but rather yeah. to get it down to the bare core. Yeah, I was trying to strip away the noise, to be honest. Uh-huh. And uh, and I, I also sort of was very inspired by the lovely man, Young Pablo, who, who did the foreword for my book, because he is sort of in a, in a, in a poet's kind of way, very good at saying things in a very simplistic way, but so powerful in his messages. So I was really thinking, people have so much overwhelm already. The last thing I wanted to do was to add to the overwhelm in the world, right, you know, with a right. book that was sort of going to take people thousands of hours to, like, uh-huh. you know, really understand and get the, the tools. I, I really wanted to make it, let's go. We can, we can you know, we can make a, a change right now, you know, a positive yes. change that's going to help you. Yes, so I'm always curious about how somebody goes from something like um, being a dancer to writing self-help books. Yeah. Well, I had an obsession with the mind from a very early age. Um, I was basically dancing from, I could walk from two and a half. I became a, a junior champion um, at like 13 years old. And I really, that was the beginning of understanding the power of the mind. I was very lucky to be introduced to a coach who taught more than just dancing. He really uh, was what I would call a mind coach. And he he told me that he trained and created champions. And I was fascinated by this. And when he taught me about visualization, he never used the word meditation with me because I think at 12 I would have just thought, oh, that's so boring, Uh you know. But uh, the word visualization was interesting to me because when he taught me that I could actually rehearse in my mind even when I was on the train or in the car driving to work, uh, to, to, to training and already be sort of ahead of the class, I thought, this is a mind hack. Like, I need to know more about this, you mm-hmm. know, and how you could really, through visualization, improve your own practice and, and, and calm your own nerves and feel more confident. That just became something that was uh, a part of my training. And, and from that, he opened like a whole different world to me of reading books about the mind and motivational, you know, messages and quotes. And that led me to working with a sports psychologist at 16. So I always say I don't believe I was the best dancer, but I became a champion because I I really respected uh, the, the the role that my mind played in in this, uh, you know, life as an athlete. And that was why I, 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 I won. Interesting. And so, yeah. yeah, so that was my kind of, that, that that just opened up. I mean, I, I reckon that was my path, and I often wonder if if I really needed to go through that athletic path path and, and cause so much pain on my own body because mm-hmm. being an athlete is rather painful uh, <laughs> at times, and, and and all of that struggle. But I know now that of course I had to go through all of that struggle because as human beings we learn more easily through pain, and yes. so I had to go through all of that to really catapult me on this path. Um, of what I do today. I had to learn it and, and on my own body, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And one of the things I find so fascinating, I know there's some scientific research out there that says if you have people imagining that they're, they're, they're lifting weights, it yeah. actually can increase their muscle mass. Just the imagining yeah. portion of it, that visual, <laughs> visualization affects our physiology. I mean, I'm no joke. My friends laugh at me because sometimes I put my gym outfit on just to walk around, like if I'm cleaning in the house uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I'm just imagining that I'm at the gym and they're going, Camilla, seriously, you're mad. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but actually it works. 
I mean, you are just, you know, you have to really imagine the muscles kind of contracting and so forth. But like I said, it was a, it was a mind hack that your, your body doesn't really know if you're actually doing it or just imagining it. So uh-huh. it's, it's super powerful. Visualization has been a huge part of, uh, of my life. Yeah. And, and belief system, it's interesting. I know that Dr. Joe Dispenza, one of the times he was on the show here, um, he talked about how um, they did this study with, with women who were um, working as housekeepers in hotels. Mm-hmm. And they, had, they broke them into two groups. One group, they didn't do anything with them. And the other group, they said, by the way, did you know that, that all, this thing, all these things that you're doing to clean is actually good exercise? And mm. the group that was told it was good exercise lost weight. Significant weight loss compared to the control group. That's amazing. And I've actually got uh, Joe Dispenza's book on my, on my desk right now. I'm uh-huh. reading Become Supernatural. Yeah. I just, I'm obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great book and he, he's, he's fabulous. Okay, yeah. so one of the things that I find interesting is that you've broken this approach into four pillars, four sections um, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what those are and why you decided to divide them that way? Yeah. I um, I just started to notice that there was sort of a red thread through what I would work with my clients on. Um, they would sort of often arrive with an issue seemingly outside of themselves, you know, somebody that was annoying them at work or their partner or their child mm-hmm. or something that was causing anger or sadness or whatever. So I started to notice the approach that I would take with them and I very quickly realized that obviously you have to be aware of of a problem before you can even start changing anything. So self-awareness was just a logical point for me to start. You know, let's talk about becoming aware because that's really, that's a positive thing. When you are aware of your own behavior, you mm-hmm. are also able to change them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, and more than anything, take responsibility and just say, hey, you know what? I'm aware that I do this. Uh-huh. And, and uh, how that can affect other people. That's already a, a charming approach because you're already admitting, you know, maybe there's room for some maneuver here, you know. Um, right, right. And, and you can obviously get out of situations more easily like that. And, and awareness um, of our thoughts and feelings, yeah. too, is a, oh, an wow. important piece of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I talk, then I go on to, um, I go self-awareness, self-acceptance, because there's a lot about accepting things and then self, yeah. self-love and self-care and talking about, awareness around how we speak about ourselves and mm-hmm. how we speak about our situation and how that really all flows into to self-love and self-care because when we are con- if we're not speaking in a kind way about ourselves it can really have an, a very negative um, effect on our lives but on our bodies too right right so how do we go about sort of shifting our same old, same old daily routine into that self-awareness? <laughs> I, one that I love is just when people say things like, you know, that's just who I am. I can't change that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I've heard really? that so many times. Yes. <laughs> right? And yes. I'm like, straight away in my mind, I'm like, mm, really? Uh, or is that just a story? Because, you know, uh-huh. we, we are able to, to adjust what I'm fascinated about and how why I, I, you know, use hypnosis a lot is that our subconscious mind basically runs our lives 95% of the time. That's a ridiculous amount of time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the subconscious mind is created when we're children. Uh, we have to believe from zero to six years old. So often as adults, if we don't sort of uh, consciously dive into the subconscious through affirmations or meditation, mindfulness, you know, um, hypnosis, we, 
we, we just let these old patterns run our lives. And mm-hmm. imagine having a, it's just like having a child running your life. So at 45, I'm now 45. If I have my, my old self, you know, my, my sort of maybe the anger or frustration I had maybe as a child, the stuff I picked up when I was bullied at school, mm-hmm. you know, those things. If I had those kind of patterns run my life in situations now when I'm challenged, really doesn't suit me right. i mean it really doesn't work for me I, I literally look at myself and i'm thinking why am i reacting this way what's uh-huh. wrong with me i don't even feel that way why yeah. am i getting angry right now and so I, I, I think yeah I, I think it's always really important to remember that um those patterns that start in childhood yeah. served a really good imper- good purpose back then yes but once oh, we're yeah. adults it becomes dysfunction <laughs> yes yes yeah and, and even sometimes you might think, okay, this I can I can work with, or this uh-huh. does suit me in certain situations, but this doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's just ha- knowing that we have a choice. I think that's everything. To think, you know what? Next time I'm in this situation, I don't want to act like that. I'd like to act like this instead, because uh-huh. this actually works for who I am now. Right. right. You know. So, how do we change our stories then? So it starts with becoming aware of it. And then basically, I feel through meditation and mindfulness, we can allow basically things to slow down so that we're not reacting, but that we have time to respond. Mm. I remember somebody saying to me a long time ago, because I'm quite, I work fast, I'm quite quick, you know, somebody said to me, you do know you don't have to reply to the emails immediately. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like, but when you're an athlete and you're like, boom, boom, you're just like, you know, getting things done. I'm like, that's a new concept to me. What do you mean? I can just like think about it. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> um, but meditation really taught me to to respond. And also the power of allowing ourselves sometimes to take that time to think about what it is you actually want to say. Because, you know, we can all get triggered. Mm-hmm. That's very important yeah, to talk about. We can all get triggered, but it doesn't mean that we have to act on it. Right, right. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, uh, we're going to talk more with Camilla saker Dalarup. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it right by now. And it's, <laughs> it's not you, it's me. How to heal your relationship with yourself and others. Stay tuned for more in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, Don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love. It signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. This is Debbie Pokornik with a moment for standing in your power. 
Self-control begins with noticing how different feelings present themselves in your body. When you're feeling sensitive, for example, your chin might quiver, tears might well up in your eyes, and your voice might catch in your throat. Anger, on the other hand, might appear as tension in your jaw, back, or arms, along with clenched fists, heat in the upper torso, scowling, and a strong desire to yell. (laughs) The more aware you become of your body cues, the easier it will be to recognize when you're on the road to disaster. Choose the emotions that cause you problems, then start noticing and logging the body cues that come with them. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. That's EmpoweringNRG.com. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Eptert Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, if you want to share this after the fact, you can go to christineeptert.com. The replay will be posted this weekend. I am having a conversation today with Camilla Sacred Dalarup, and um, we're talking about it's not you, it's me. Gosh, uh, that that phrase is the sort of the phrase that gets used in breakups. It gets used in situations where we're just trying to give ourselves some space. (laughs) Breakups and makeups. Oh, true, true. And it most people perceive that kind of like, oh, I've just been dissed. You know, it's it's not you, it's me. It really is me, kind of thing. You know, Um, why did you choose that as the title of your book? (laughs) It's so funny because as you say that now, I remember back to a time where. I went through a bit of a tough breakup that really broke me emotionally. And then I headed into another relationship without having really fully healed. And uh-huh. I, I started working with a coach. And as I'm going through this relationship, this, this person is just wonderful. I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this person. Mm-hmm. Great person in every uh-huh. way. But uh-huh. I did have a moment where I sat him down and went, you know what? This is not you. It's me. And it was the absolute, absolute truth. Uh-huh. I had to go on a journey. I needed to learn to be on my own. Right. Uh, and live on my own and really embrace what that looked like because I had a, a fear of being on my own and I wanted to really face it. And so I, that came into my mind when I was obviously um, 
writing, but also just working with clients and knowing it really isn't about the other person. It's about yourself. It's about the emotional charge towards the different things that different relationships are highlighting back to us. And mm -hmm. it's fascinating when we start to peel back the layers and really look at what, why am I, why am, why am I feeling annoyed when I'm with this person? Right. You know, I, I had, a, I had a client that came into me and he was like, I'm so frustrated with this person at work and kept carrying on and carrying on. And in the end, I said, who are you really annoyed with? Mm -hmm. And he thought for a second, he goes, you know what? I'm annoyed with myself uh -huh. because I knew this person wasn't right for the job. But right. I ignored my intuition. And yeah. I just thought, well, there we are. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think about dysfunctional relationships. And, and I was in a difficult marriage for many years. And I kept thinking, if I just communicate things in a particular way, mm. he's going to shift. And... He's going to shift. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, <laughs> you know that, that classic, um, you know, if you yep. just understand where I'm coming from, you know, that'll shift yeah. things. And of course yeah. it didn't. And finally yeah. I realized um, it's that, that old adage, you know, cross me once, shame on you, cross me twice, shame on me. And I don't believe in the shame, but it's kind of like, yeah. oh, this really was about yeah. me. You know, subjecting yeah. myself, illuminating woundedness from childhood, um, you know, learning how to set new boundaries and ultimately yeah. say, okay, well, I love you and I love having a, a, a family unit and I need to leave. Um, yeah. So it, it really was about me and not about him. Yeah. No. And that's just often the way because when we have that awareness, we are actually able to either solve things in a new way or find a way or move on, uh -huh. you know, in a kind of with peace in our heart. Right. That's really the main thing to, to kind of be uh, able to communicate what we need and how we feel and um, and and I, I talk a lot about facing those conversations that we really don't want to have because we know they're going to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. but they're so good to have because afterwards we feel just more resolved in the situation right right and we've we've learned more about ourselves so it does become mm -hmm. even more about ourselves yeah yeah. Often we're not, we're so scared of having those conversations because we don't want to hurt other people. Uh -huh. However, let's just remember by not having them, we're hurting ourselves often. Yeah. And I think about codependent relationships, um, whether we're talking about romantic relationships or, you know, um, parenting or perhaps working with clients, whether we're healers, whether we're coaches or whatever. And I think that there's an aspect of protecting somebody from the truth is really a very codependent thing to say. It, it, it's saying one of two things. Uh, one, I need to be fixing this here or, you know, I need to kind of maneuver this so it works for me and it works for you. Um, but we're also saying that person can't handle the truth. That person mm. can't handle the change that's required or the shift in their life if it's about walking away or whatever. And I think that it becomes disempowering to ourselves, but also disempowering to the other person we're interacting with. Yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes we think that, you know, we're helping save other people. But however, actually, like you said, what they need is, is to save themselves yes, because that yes. way they will get the healing. So we're actually oh. not doing them any favor. Right. Right. Um, and that's, I talk about actually being our own saviors in the book. And that was major for me, actually, to realize that I could save myself and that nothing on the outside of me was going to somehow 
complete me or fill any kind of void or gap yeah. of love within me. That was honestly, I for me for me that feeling of being lost mm-hmm. was was sort of healed when I realized that oh wow I can like nurture myself I can love myself and I don't I'm not waiting for something else on the outside to arrive. Right, right, yeah. That was huge. It, it, and I'm in that same place now, and it's it's um, it's interesting to feel whole when mm-hmm. I've spent decades of my life not feeling whole. Same, uh, yeah. It's it feels kind of odd sometimes. <laughs> totally, and I, I I said that when I my now husband, I say it's a different relationship for me now because I love being with him, but I don't need yes. to be with him, and that's a big different from the younger me where uh-huh. I totally felt like I needed right. to be with somebody. And the need has to do with the hole to f- that we're trying to fill as opposed to Absolutely. just showing up but in love. Void. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you think love yeah. is? Mm. Well, love is who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, love is who we are. And, and we just sometimes life or situations make us detour from our truth. Uh-huh. Um. I've always been obsessed with light, and I just, the words that always come back to me is just love and light. It's who we are. Uh-huh. And um, as soon as we realize that, we're home. Yes. And through meditation, I like to come back to that again and again because when I come home to the love within me, I can more easily look at empathy with empathy on, on everything else around uh-huh. me, even the things that really frustrate me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yes. I, can, I can look from a different place than when I am not in that space. And of course, that brings us back to the second part that you write about, and that is self-acceptance because, or acceptance of everything. Because if, mm-hmm. if we're coming from this place of love, mm-hmm. even when things are causing us pain, even if, if we yeah. see that there's deep darkness there, um, we have to on some level accept it and have compassion for it. Yeah. That was hard for me, actually. Um, being an athlete, that was really hard for me because there was just sometimes no room to uh-huh. feel that way. Does right. that make sense? Because yes. if you had a competition, you just had you had to nail it and you had to be ready. And same when I worked on TV, um, you know, I was going through a tough time personally, but I had to go and put a brave face on. So there was a, a long time in my life where I felt like I couldn't really, I wasn't allowed to feel it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I know that now that the way for things to align within my mind and body is to feel it all and to go, okay, today is one of those days, but I just, I feel all. That's yeah. okay. That's okay too. You know, and, and the more we give it space to feel all of those things and, uh-huh. and, and validate how we feel, um, the easier it gets in a way. It's, it's sort of strange. I used to think just push it aside, deal with it later, you know. Uh, right, right. Um, and <laughs> and I, I've written about this. I, I think that that surrender piece, that allowing piece is key and the more we do it or the more we're forced to do it because sometimes you know we are forced to our knees to surrender to whatever we're experiencing yeah. in our life oh, but the yeah. more often we do it it's kind of like exercising a muscle the stronger and easier yeah. it gets to be yeah and and don't you th- find now the saying those words i surrender uh-huh. it's so power can be so kind of unlocking yes. whatever is tightly wound in your brain and just as you said that, Camilla, my, my entire crown is like got this tingly feeling. You know, my crown chakra is just lighting up like, yes, it's it's. But those are big words. words. Can we just talk about those words? Because I need I definitely needed to say those, because when I said those, I realized that I, little me on my own, don't have to figure out everything. 
Right. I, I am connected to something. We are connected to something so much bigger than ourselves. But we are sometimes led to believe we have to work everything out on our own. And that's tough okay. when we're going through difficult times. Yeah. So I surrender for me never meant I'm giving up. It meant I surrender to let guidance flow through me and yes. to know that I'm connected to something bigger than myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, very, very powerful. And I think that um, it's something we need to do on a, like a bigger scale in terms of our life circumstances. But I really also think it's essential for us to do it in the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I, well, two things that I think when I, when I lost my dad last year and mm-hmm. I was with my family and everybody's emotions are just on, on high alert, of you know, course. we're all acting and reacting in ways that were just not right in moments, you know, shouting at each other because we were hurting. Yes. And you know what I just said after that was, you know, we just had to do over and over again was surrender to the situation and forgive each other like a thousand times a day mm-hmm. literally every time we spoke we're like i forgive you i forgive myself forgive you i forgive myself um because that's how we go through it yeah. you know yeah and losing a loved one really does um force us to surrender in ways that mm-hmm. we don't want to sometimes no um and it forced me to use the tools of self-care that i that I teach in the book. Yeah, and um, we're going to talk more about self-care on yeah. the other side of the break. We're also going to share with our listeners how they can see you in person and how they can connect with you. Stay tuned for more in just a few moments. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs in what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, 
How did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrich Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Oh, boy, this hour is flying by, Camilla, and I want to make sure that our listeners know how they can connect with you and also about the exciting event down in L.A. Yes, the Life Expo, Conscious Life Expo, sorry. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And you I can... will be speaking there, yeah, on the Saturday and the Sunday afternoon. And that's February 8th and 9th, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. And I'm excited. We'll be diving in um, and doing some of the exercises from the book, Um which I love doing. I mean, uh-huh. it's just lovely to connect with people in person, you know, yeah. and uh, guide them through a hypnotic journey and, and talk about, hopefully, some of the tools they'll find helpful. Yeah, and I, I, that's one of my favorite parts of your book are the, the tools that you offer. They are simple and powerful. Well, we overcomplicate lots of things in life, right? Yeah, so, we do. We do. Uh, I was trying to simply strip back to, to the, the, the core of, I mean, I'm just very aware there are people who are in cities and, and, you know, around the world where they can't maybe get to work with with somebody. And I wanted them to know that, you know, you have support. Like, I'm sending you this support through this book, and you can can go through it at your own pace. Uh Because I just remember when I went through a tough time myself, you know, like I said, to just be sort of so hungry for information and going through so many different books. Like you were saying, you read many books, me too. You know, Uh I, I read... Uh, and, and, and review books for a magazine in the UK and I love it but I just kind of wanted to put almost like one life coaching session of a relationship issue in one book right whether that's a relationship with yourself or with somebody else you know and, and you can make of it what you need and also there's a meditation album that comes for free with it and the link is in the book that people can follow too just to feel supported in that way mm-hmm. yeah and I know based on um, some of the examples you've offered how powerful your meditations can be, according to, to people whose lives have, you know, whose lives you've helped shift through those meditations. So what's your I website? Guess, yeah, thank you. <laughs> My website is sendme.tv, like being zen, yes. sendme.tv. Z-E-N-M-E dot TV. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, so I know you've talked a little bit about self-care, but you've got a lot to say about it here in the book. Mm-hmm. Why is self-care important for relationship with ourselves as well as re- our relationships with others? Because when we're not aligned, when we're not at our best selves, you know, that kind of wording that's so popular, best selves. But in honesty, when we are not okay and we don't take our mental health serious uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, every day, just like we take our diet serious, we we kind of sometimes act out, you know, in ways that we don't like or we get stressed about things that we could sort of not get stressed about. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel right. overwhelmed. And and it's funny because I, I say this to my clients a lot. I spend a lot of time with my clients getting them back to a routine. Uh-huh. Um, and the routine, when I say that, is 
you know, are you are you exercising? Are you doing things for you? The feels yeah. are you moving your body? Whether that's just walking, you know, getting fresh air, connecting with nature. Are you taking some time in silence to listen to into yourself? Um, are you eating the right things? Because when one of those are off, are you getting enough rest? You know, we don't feel right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I always talk about how I'm. My mental health is not okay unless I get my eight hours. Right. That's just, I have to sleep like a baby. Like, that's just it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've had to accept that. It's annoying, you know, when I'm traveling and touring and speaking and my, 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 my colleagues can, like, sleep, you know, four or five hours. And they're like, well, I was up at 5.30 exercise. And I'm like, great for you. But I can't do that because if I do that, I'm not okay. Yeah. So yeah. there are things about ourselves that we just have to accept how we, what we need in life and make sure that we give ourselves that and know that it's okay to take care of you. Yeah. You don't have to feel guilty about that. And I, too, have noticed that if I don't get enough sleep, what happens is sometimes I'll, you know, I tend to be very, very centered and, and come from a kind place. But suddenly yeah. the, the person who's cutting me off on the road is annoying the heck yeah. out of me. Or I'll feel like, you know, I might snap at one of my kids and I'll basically say, you know, <laughs> if, if, if I do sort of get a little grumpy, it's not you, it's me. And yeah. I know that I need that little self-care. It might be that nap. It might be meditation. Um, it yeah. might be a, a brisk walk to kind of sort of do a reset to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But and those are, the, those are the warning signs, isn't it? When yeah. you then get cut off in, in traffic and you're like, you want to get irate, you're uh-huh. like, okay, note to myself. Yeah. I need to be a little kind to myself. What can I put on in the car right now that's like going to uplift me because I'm irritated today. Uh-huh. You know, right. it's just that. We, we sometimes think we can't make a difference in the world because it's almost like the world problems are so big. Yes. But by the way, every little action that we do by not cutting people off, by smiling when somebody is, is struggling uh-huh. and rude to us and trying to dig deep and be that light in that you know, moment, that has a ripple effect, effect, you know, vibrational. Sure. Why it's into the world, you know, um, and, vibrationally and into the world. Yeah, it does. And, and I think that, and, and this goes back to the self-acceptance and self-love, I think that there are some people out there in the new age world who, who say, oh, well, you know, we should just fake it, you know, smile and act all sweet. But we need to be compassionate with ourselves when we are feeling <laughs> irritated and accepting that that's where we're coming from right now. Um, because otherwise, it's just putting up this facade that's going to like the, the, the negativity, so to speak, and I put that in air quotes, um, yeah. is, is going to come out one way or another if we really don't oh, yeah. accept where we're coming from. That's why one of the exercises in the book, I, I, I am hugely into uh, working with the energy fields in the body and the uh-huh. chakras. Sure. And I, I, I share the chakra balancing because I think if we don't, for example, through the throat chakra, are not communicating our truth um, and, and validating, okay, when you act like that, it makes me feel irritated. You know, mm-hmm. we have to find a different way to, what can I take responsibility for and what can you take responsibility for, you know? Right. Um, yeah. yeah, we have to be willing to listen to the other person too, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's a, yeah. It, it's not a it's not a solo performance here. We're we're in an orchestra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, I mean, yes. I do a lot of like I call it mediating with my clients, often between the children and uh-huh. themselves, or the other way around with parents and um, with couples too. And I, I mean, it's it's an honor to sit there and be that person to to kind of be neutral, as I like to say, mm-hmm. to, to just let to just kind of hold a mirror for both and just move it a little. <laughs> right. Right. So um, with self-love and self-acceptance and 
self-care. How are boundaries important? Oh, it's everything. Because if you, sometimes you're going to have to say to a partner maybe, you know, or your children, hey, I'm not okay today. I'm, I'm feeling tired and exhausted and I need, I need, I need 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Please leave me alone. Yes. Please don't come into my, you know, bathroom or office or wherever you're going to go and take that time. Um, and then I'll be, I'll be right with you. And that sounds like such a simple thing to do, but that's actually a huge boundary to, to show other people that this, I'm going to take this time for me and I need you to respect it. Right. Right. And then the, <laughs> I think another important one is the, that no word, you know, that particularly women, I think have a hard time saying sometimes. Um, yeah. Say no to things when it's really not in alignment and it's really not one of those things yeah. that is like absolutely key for, say, our children or, you know, the, the yeah. functioning. I used of to that. call it people pleasing when yes. I was people pleasing uh-huh. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. That left me exhausted and burned out at 35. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that strategy didn't work for me. That's yes. when I learned to say no. Unfortunately, our hour has just flown by. I want to mention the title of the book again. It's not you. It's me. Camilla Saker Dalarup. Um, I know, Camilla, you and I could probably spend another hour or two chatting about this stuff, um, but I want to thank you for joining us for this hour. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.